and welcome back to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back with a very straightforward Game Week 32 preview as we hurtle towards the end of the season. My name is Chris Hopkins and I'm joined by the Karen Benzema to my Gareth Bale post-Ronaldo. It's uh, it's Andy Case. Andy, um, I mean, we were having a little chat about this off, off air and obviously you know, Benzema just seemed to just get better and better with age and arguably, I guess, has thrived since since Ronaldo uh, left Real Madrid. But similarly, if Gareth Bale is wearing wearing, wearing a, a you know, red Wales shirt, he's, uh, he's still some player. And, you know, for the, for the odd game for Tottenham as well, I guess he was he was some player last year. But, yeah, Benzema uh, scored a hat-trick in the Champions League. Champions League, what, quarter-final. 13 minutes before kickoff, broke his round down fast. It's uh, pretty, pretty, you know, pretty good going. I know, you know, from plenty of experience with you, you don't really do anything on an empty stomach. Um, so yeah, all the more impressive, really, isn't it? And it's not something that I think that you'd be able to muster. A hat trick in a Champions League semi final, probably a quarter final, probably, probably not, probably not quite that don't, level. No, don't think you do anything on an empty stomach. No, no hat tricks on an empty stomach for Andy Case. Yeah, well, uh, no hat trick on a full stomach for Chris Hopkins. So there you <laughs> go. <laughs> I mean, uh, but... I reckon I could get a hat trick of own goals if I really tried. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, anyway, um. Benzema's good, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I remember United in the Fergie days drew, I think was it Leon he played for first a couple of times in like Champions League group stages when he was like young and he was ridiculous then. He looked like the real deal and, you know, there was rumours that Fergie tried to sign him but he just wanted to go to Real Madrid and it would have been absolutely class if we'd signed him. I mean, he's just so, it's gone so on, I, I mean, it's, it's easy to say, everyone's saying it now, aren't they, after that performance recently, but, you know, because Ronaldo was so good and, and Bale, frankly, when they were playing in that system, he, you know, he was a bit, he was, he allowed them to like cut in and score goals from out wide, didn't he? And, and wasn't as sort of selfish or as much of a number nine, but he, he is just ridiculous. He's, he's gone under the radar, sort of such an underrated career, just so class for so long. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, since he's come out of international uh, football exile as well, it just makes France all the more dangerous. I mean, you know, Olivier Giroud had a pretty good record internationally, didn't he? But since uh, Benzema's come in, I guess Giroud's kind of gone to the sidelines a little bit and it just feels like uh, feels like France are just all, all all the better for it, really, at the same time. So, Well, I mean, I don't know, because I, mean, I don't watch a lot of France when it's not like international tournaments, but I saw some stuff in recent games where there's it's a bit of a, like, Emil Heskey playing for England that like Giroud just seems to work for France like there's there's people that think the France team are better when like and Giroud still scores he's got like has he got like 50 odd goals for France Giroud and he still scores now when he because he's playing for AC Milan isn't he who are top in top in Italy and and he does still get chip in with the odd goal but he allows like the others like the Ben that the Mbappes and Griezmann's and stuff to get involved for France apparently so yeah I don't know if It'd be interesting that one. What happens and and uh, it feels like you've got to start Benzema, right? But but oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think it's I think it's interesting, and I think this is part part of the issue sometimes with with international football. You know, Deschamps has obviously been there a long time and he's won everything. But so here comes a controversial statement. But I just don't think he's a very good coach. Like I just don't, and I think that I I think that if he was at a club, you know, I. I, I at a club side, I imagine that you would be able to get Benzema to do maybe do that that role that he did for, um, you know, for, for Real Madrid with, with with Ronaldo and Bale, where he can you know be the be, be provide more, I guess, and and still score too, because uh, you know I, I think we'd all say that he's probably still an upgrade on on Giroud, but ultimately it's up to Deschamps to to to, to make this work, and a better manager would, and I, I think. I think we kind of saw that at the last Euros. You know, ultimately, the team with the best manager won. And I could see it happening again at the World Cup. And I think that's why my my cheeky hot tip would be Spain. Because I think that Luis Enrique is probably the best manager manager there. Um, it's probably, I mean, the, yeah, we're going off on some crazy tangent here. But I don't necessarily disagree with with any of the things you've said, really. And, and what helps Spain is, is a good crop of young players suddenly kind of coming through out a little bit out of nowhere, isn't it? So, yeah. Absolutely. But, but yeah, I guess I guess you know, the advantage for someone like England and for France is that even though they might not have the best manager, they have had someone who's been there a long time who can impl- who has implemented the system and the culture. So, yeah, that should benefit. benefit. I guess if you're chopping and changing all the time, it's very, it's very difficult to get that kind of cohesion when you only meet up for you know a week and a half at a time every three or four months basically so 
Well, yeah, and the last Premier League game is is like seven days before, or like eight days, I think it is, before England's first World Cup match because we play on the opening day. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, well, there you go. There's five minutes of the pod, uh, a pod <laughs> down, and uh, we're recording ridiculously late uh, in the evening, as as we usually do. So uh, so let's crack on, Andy. Uh, let's, as, as we always do on our preview shows, we'll start by running through the game week fixtures. We'll have a quick chat about this week's talking points, including touching on the recently announced doubles in 36 and 37. Uh, players on the radar is a little bit more spelt, let's say, this week. I think we're just mostly going to be updating last week's radar. We will be swimming against the tides and we'll finish as we always do with captaincy and who the heck is that. Uh, so let's start then with those all important game week 32 fixtures. Your deadline uh, this game week, there is Friday night football. So it's Friday the 8th of April uh, at uh, 6.30 p.m. And that's because Friday night football is Newcastle versus Wolves. And on Saturday, uh, Andy and I are meeting up. We're going to be watching Everton versus Man United. Uh, and then at three o'clock, we've got Arsenal, Brighton, Southampton, Chelsea, Watford and Leeds. And then we've also got Dulwich, Hamlet versus someone else. And we'll be at that one. And then the evening tea time kickoff is Aston Villa versus Spurs. On Sunday, the 10th of April, Brentford versus West Ham, Leicester versus Palace and Norwich versus Burnley are in the two o'clock slots. And then the big one, the big, big, big one, the biggest of big ones, uh, <laughs> potential title decider. <laughs> Manchester City versus Liverpool, huge, the top two in a in a mammoth clash uh, to end Super Sunday and the weekend's fixtures. Maybe, maybe it's just the, the tiredness of moving house and the delirium, given what time of day we're recording this. But yeah, the biggest of big ones, for some reason, just made me just giggle. And it wasn't because it, there was any sort of innuendo in it. It was just the way you said it. I just found it hilarious. Anyway, um, yeah, I have moved. So And there's a, there's a pub close by. So hopefully I'll be able to es- es- escape escape the partner and, and watch that one. Um, yeah, so, as you say, it is the biggest of big games. So, so yeah, exciting. But, Andy, this week's talking points, uh, are big games announced further on in the schedule. Game, double game weeks 36 and 37 uh, were announced, I think, just before we recorded the 31 review, but we didn't really want to touch on them there. And we probably don't massively want to touch on them here either. I think this preview is still going to be focused on the double that we've got next game week in 33. Um, but it does mean that there are, that you know, that some managers, especially if they've already used their wildcard, are going to start planning for the future and I guess there are a few teams that double in 33 and double once or twice in 36 and 37 too and in one case in Leicester's case double in 33 and 36 and 37 so plenty of fixtures for them to try and, um, and for managers to try and take advantage of there. Well that's it exactly and, and over the course of the next few weeks we will, we will get into that more um, but yeah it's worth flagging up at this point because you can be starting to like plan ahead if it should you so need to and obviously if you are in that situation where you've used all your chips then you you are probably one of those people so yeah like chris says it's leicester who double three times in the 33 in this next game week and then 36 and 37 there's a few other teams like arsenal okay obviously had a dodgy uh, game this week but generally been in all right form recently are striving for that top four they will double in 33 and then again um towards the end of the season in, in one of those game weeks in in 36 um who else we've we got chelsea uh will double in 36 and at least one other point in time. We don't exactly know when yet because it's going to depend what competitions they stay in or out of. But there'll be, yeah, at least one other double for for Chelsea, probably. And and there's one in 36. Uh, Help me out, Chris. What other? There's other. Villa's another one, is it? Villa blank in 33, which is frustrating. But they Uh, will have, but they will have two doubles. Yeah, they, they, they will have. Um, a double in 36 and then another one in either 35 or 37. So whilst, I mean, that's a good one to, I suppose, pointing out a difference in that you might not be thinking about Villa players with Tottenham and a blank in the next two game weeks. But post that, yeah, they've got some decent like looking fixtures. Norwich, Palace, Burnley coming up. Um, well, actually, uh, Burnley twice, um, in fact, in two consecutive game weeks. So, yeah. And then I think, isn't it, Everton's another one and then, I'm not. Quite, I still can't quite get my head around what happens with Man City, but they would, would I think, double once, maybe twice, depending on if they make the make the FA Cup final. I think. Yeah, Everton. Everton double uh, twice in 36 and 37. I mean, but Everton, uh, Everton at the moment, right? Like they literally just lost to Burnley <laughs> the other day. They are now bookies' favourites for the third relegation spot. Interesting, interesting, because um, they obviously they do technically have it in in their own hands, but I think they've got the much more tricky fixture list. 
well that's exactly that's why yeah that's yeah. how the probabilities will be, be calculated based on the fixtures left so yeah um t- tough one for them and you you're you're probably you're, well you're de- definitely not looking at, at everton players with man united leicester liverpool chelsea as their next four fixtures but um obviously they, d- they do have two doubles so in 36 and 37 uh back to back which you know can 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 sometimes be useful so yeah a few things to flag up there but if you know for the full information the usual places twitter you can find it wherever you get your fpl news probably including the official fpl website and we will absolutely be be going into sort of more depth about players to 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 target more specifically absolutely and let's have a quick chat andy this week uh, about about you know the european fixtures that have taken place we are basically recording just as the full-time whistle uh, blew uh, for for leicester and for west ham um, but most of the teams that we've seen in Europe, or I guess unsurprisingly at this stage, the competitions were playing full strength sides. And I think you know we flagged up the, the the very difficult schedule that Liverpool have coming up with them, um, you know, with uh, and, and Man City. I guess you know they've got two games against each other on the horizon and two Champions League quarterfinals, where, you know, which they're going to want to ma- maximise. Um, obviously, Chelsea played uh, a full strength side as well, and as have West Ham and, and Leicester City uh, tonight. Um, I, I guess, you know, as always, we're going to have to listen out to, to those press conferences, um, which are, I guess, I mean, will these teams have pre-match, pre-Premier League press conferences? Or are we going to have to listen to sort of the post-matches, I guess, maybe for West Ham and Leicester, we might have to listen to the post-match press conferences to see kind of what Nichols players have got and things like that, uh, 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 sort of, you know, thinking about team news ahead of the weekend. But, but yeah, I guess, you know, if we're going to see rotation, I guess we didn't really see it in European first first legs. I guess that's to be expected. Therefore, it may come uh, in the Premier League. Yeah, I think we. Do, I think they do still have a duty to do a pre uh, Premier League sort of fixture press conference. But um, yeah, how much different they'll know because if it's if it's tomorrow, which I think it has to, because I think it has to be before any of the games kick off, then. Um, how much more will they be able to say than than anything they've said in their post match tonight? Yeah, probably probably not a lot. They probably won't be long off a plane if they've come from from abroad. So, um, yeah, it, it, I suppose that it, we we can't be a hundred percent sure with the injuries and the rotation stuff. But just interestingly, I, I found it odd that neither Grealish nor Foden started against uh, Atletico for City. They played what sort of looked like it might have been De Bruyne as a false nine at points. I mean, it's fluid, uh, but because um, they had Gundogan and Bernardo, who were maybe the eights with De Bruyne as the false nine. Um, but yeah, Sterling moved in there at points. He he started. At, yeah, so uh, yeah, I really thought Foden would have would have been in, but, you know, maybe it's, um, who, who knows? Obviously, they've got a lot of good players. Um, and I also thought, interestingly, for, for Liverpool, the, the first choice front three was Diaz, Salah, Mane. Now, um, you know, Champions League quarterfinal, is that Klopp's first choice front three? Diaz really has hit the ground running. Or is it a case of, well, um, because, you know, Jota scored at the the weekend and, um, you know, will will he come back in for City? Quite possibly, maybe he's given him a bit of a rest. Um, It could be something to do with that. I I don't know. I mean, Salah uh, came off uh, at the weekend after 60 minutes and... and, um, Klopp made plenty of changes in, in in this game as well, so there has been a fair bit of rotation. I don't think I don't think um, Salah's played. He's probably played about what 130 minutes across the across the two games, so he should have plenty of sort of juice left in his legs. You'd think. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, not that I don't think this player will be in many people's teams, but one one of the types of things I did say to look out for because of this whole European thing is so like Aaron Creswell got a straight red for West Ham. Means he'll definitely he'll be out of the second leg. So if there was any if there was any doubt around him that you know that there certainly won't be any rotation there, they'll they'll of course be playing him in in the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. And and as you as you say, that is something that, that you did say uh, to look out for. Uh, let's move on, Andy, to to the radar. And it's a bit of a bit of a tricky week for the radar, really. Um, partly because uh, all of the good teams are playing each other. And all the uh, bad teams are playing each other. Although you have included Man United in in, in there, um, Man United playing Everton, of course, and and some of the uh, pre, you know, middle of the, middle of the road teams are playing middle of the road teams too. So there aren't sort of any kind of matchups to kind of get 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 too hot on here. So that's led led us really back to 
focusing on, on, on the double game week 33. I think we're not necessarily going to run through those teams, or, or, or maybe maybe we, we will. Um, but just to sort of update listeners, because I guess, cause I guess our 30, 31 preview, we went through all of the double game week 33 teams and tried to pick out some good players. And then in our 31 review, we kind of ended up trashing it all a little bit because a lot of these teams, Arsenal in particular, uh, laid, laid a giant egg. So definitely worth updating um I guess listeners on on our on our thoughts really ahead of the double game week, but still worth mentioning as always to clarify that all of these teams that we're going to talk about now are doubling in 33. Um, so I guess if you are using transfer strategy, uh, definitely definitely worth thinking about players from these teams. But I guess the 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 the, the list of players from these teams has kind of slimmed down quite a little bit. Um, so let's start with Arsenal, Andy, and I guess we're still relatively hot. On, on on Saka, not as hot really now on on, on Martinelli, um, and I think we had Kieran Tierney on there as well, but he's now injured. But Arsenal this week do seem to have a pretty decent uh, defensive matchup, don't they? Yeah, absolutely, they they do, and I think that's the thing to to focus on. But before we get into any team, though, I suppose it's worth saying. This is a difficult situation, I think, with with the radar here. As as you've mentioned, what happened in 31, you know, we, if you're looking towards anyone, we're looking towards those teams doubling in 33. But then we didn't have a great deal of trust in in kind of any of them, really, which is which then makes it difficult. And I think we we, we don't like to sort of, you know, specifically say what we're doing with our team. We, we, we like to sort of offer up the, the pros and cons here on the FPL lounge. But the proof is in the pudding, I think, really, in that I rolled my transfer last week. And I think, did you in the end, Chris? Or, or yeah, you did too. So, I mean, that, that kind of says it all, really. Ne- neither of us felt particularly... Con- and, and I'm looking at it this week as well, again, going, what is what is appealing to me, really? Like, I, I, I'd maybe... We're about, I'm about to talk about Arsenal. And I think maybe that's one that sort of slightly does. But, I mean, ultimately, they obviously, they, they really sort of spooked me with that, with that defeat defeat to palace there so yeah lots of um i guess it's, it's worth just just putting that out there i suppose as there's, there's there's um there's always this struggle there's always this tendency we've been so we've been so sort of trained in fpl haven't we almost to um try and take advantage of double game week players but um you know i think we did say on last week's show that actually there's kind of an overriding feeling here certainly across this season of actually don't let that in some instances, don't let that skew your thinking too much and kind of just, just go for the good players. So once we've updated this, these doubling uh, teams, we, we will kind of have a, have a quick look at see if there's anyone else just generally standing out regardless of the kind of doubles or not. But yeah, I think in a week like this, where, like you say, there are similar matchups, average teams playing average, there's average teams, you know, you've got Liverpool City, the best two playing each other. Um, lots of sort of mid-table teams playing each other, and then like you know, it's, is it Leeds, Watford, I think, Norwich, Burnley. So, yeah, you, usually if you try and just see who's or who's playing Norwich or who's playing Watford, you, you know, you can't really jump on that quite so much. So, you, you'll see this on our captaincy throughout the season when, when we're not exactly sure who might sort of score you points in an attacking sense. Our next sort of thing is to go, well, what's my best chance of like a clean sheet, some defensive points? And I think that's where Arsenal appeals to me here, particularly in this game week. Never mind the fact that they they double in 33 and 36. So it, it's helpful for that reason, too. But um, yeah, they, uh, but they, they're, they're, they're playing Brighton at home. And, you know, we've been saying it the whole time the FPL lounge has existed. Brighton cannot hit a cow's backside with a banjo. They had three XG last week. I think it was, you told me, Chris, three XG against Norwich and they still couldn't score. They missed a penalty. They have the sixth worst XG from open play in the last six matches of all teams in the league. And that's not great for a team who need loads to get any kind of goal. But then the fact that it's the sixth worst as well, just nothing really looks good. And yeah, obviously Arsenal have been doing a lot better defensively this season. And in fact, you know, they're, I think they're fourth overall for the whole season for XGC, expected goals conceded. And they're sixth in the last six game weeks, including like obviously not necessarily a great one last week, but even with that included, they're still the sixth best team um, in in the last six game weeks for for expected goals conceded. So yeah, given that they're they're playing at home against against a team who've really struggled to score, it, it, it seems like defenders could be could be an option there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we mentioned last week, you know, Ben White feels like the cheapest 
weigh into that. He was at least last week uh, had the best points return of any uh, four point of any player under four point nine million in the whole game. Um, but I know that Gabriel is going to be pretty popular uh, among 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 fantasy players. Um, so so yeah, I guess uh, I think he's a bit more expensive, Andy. I think he is around four point nine, maybe five million himself. But um, yeah, so a little bit more expensive than than Ben White. But I think he has got a few attacking returns this year. So I guess that's maybe what what you're paying for. Um, but yeah, yeah, interesting points really on, on in terms of Brighton's expected go- uh, goals and, and the fact that yeah Arsenal feel like they uh, yeah have, have, have a reasonably high chance of a clean sheet this weekend one would think and, uh, and yeah uh, definitely worth thinking targeting an Arsenal defender if you haven't already already got one um, yep go on go on Andy raises his hand uh, over over our voice I don't even know you, you, you know when you try and avoid saying the brand name and you just yeah. can't really think of what it's, it's too late is. at night it's too late at night isn't it look i you know i raise my hand because i don't want to interrupt you you know it doesn't sound great but anyway you've 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 waffled so yeah with uh I've, uh I've uh i've broken broken the broken the wall yeah whichever wall it is there's no walls the first yeah, it's, wall. The, it's the eighth wall now right Basically, I just wanted to say Brighton haven't scored from open play in the last six games. I mentioned all the underlying numbers, but actually just when you look at how many, <laughs> all this expected nonsense aside, if you look at actual Football's goals. Football's not played on spreadsheets, Andy. Oh, uh, all right, Chris, you gammon. Um, yeah, um, they've scored, they haven't scored at all. Yeah. Rubbish. Brighton haven't scored at all in their last six games from open play. They've scored yes. once, and it was from a set play. So no, so no open play goals in the in the last six games. Um, not good. I think we also mentioned, didn't we, on 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 last week's um on last week's review? Yeah, even though they yes created three xg against uh, against uh, Norwich, you know, a lot of that was a penalty that obviously Mapai missed. I think the next best chances fell to centre backs, um, which presumably would have been from a set piece of some description. Um, you know, might have been a secondary sort of play from a set set piece but obviously you know those those players were in the box and the rest of it was just really low quality chances but a massive accumulation of them so yeah not really very impressed by Brighton going forward at the minute uh, let's move on to Leicester Andy and I guess we were thinking I mean you know what we think of James Madison is is, is pretty well documented on this podcast and we'll come on to him a little bit later um Harvey Barnes still has you know, reasonable underlying numbers, but Leicester's underlying numbers in terms of going, you know, their attacking potential are really, really bad. And we were thinking potentially about putting Kelechi Iheanacho on, on the radar uh, tonight, Andy. Um, obviously, they've ended up drawing nil-nil against PSV in the Europa Conference League. Um, Iheanacho started despite us maybe thinking that Daka would perhaps end up playing in Europe, but it was Iheanacho. He definitely feels like Rodgers' first choice kind of striker while Vardy is, is out injured. Uh, but we can't in all good faith put Ian Acho on, on, on the radar just because of how bad Leicester's underlying numbers are. Yeah, well, I mean, atrocious in ter- from an attacking point of view. I think I, I we came into this discussing how, like you say, we were, we were thinking we might put a Leicester player on the radar because generally this season they've they've scored a lot of goals and they've created plenty of chances, even though they've been letting plenty in. But actually, in the last six matches, they are fifth worst for um expected goals created and um yeah over a shorter period of time i think did you say chris it was the last four game weeks they are worst for xg created in the entire league so you just think yeah how can you possibly justify any of their attacking players when those underlying numbers are just so so poor below teams like brighton who we've obviously just slated and watford so um yeah i mean harvey barnes himself when you take out all the big six players only uh, players from big six teams only Rafinha has a better XGI amongst midfielders in the last six in the last six games so obviously there's a few caveats there and you're pulling at straws a little bit but it isn't bad to be fair his underlying numbers I mean you got you got the big hitters like De Bruyne, Salah whatever uh, and Son whatever ahead of him but still to have been creating I think it was about three XGI in his last six matches um you know, at his price in a, in a team like Leicester. So for him individually, I don't think he's actually necessarily doing that badly. And obviously, he's always been sort of on the verges of my stable there. Um, and uh, but but by all accounts, he, he did all right in 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 the Europa Conference League. You know, Leicester starting a full strength team, like you say, um, he hit the bar I think uh, against PSV tonight. So he has kind of looked lively on the on the eye as well. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's hard to dis- distinguish or disentangle those if a team looks bad and a team's not creating loads, but that kind of one 
player kind of seems to be um which which wins out when you're trying to make a decision i i, I don't know and i mean a lot of people will be obviously he- heading towards towards madison given given his returns but um yeah ian Acho, he obviously returned last week as well and it, it just makes you think that you know the fact he started in the europa league as the europa conference league as well does daka have more of a chance of coming in at the weekend i mean Maybe would it'll be a long time since Ian Acho played three games in a week. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we're any more. Certain. I know you said that Ian Acho now is 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 first choice after after Vardy, but could could you be completely sure he? he no, would... no, I think you're right. I don't don't think you can be completely certain, but it definitely does does feel that way because I think if if Daka was going to start, he would have been more likely to start tonight. But absolutely, you can you can never be really sure. But yeah, I think overall. I just feel very put off Leicester having looked a bit deeper into the underlying numbers tonight. I think Barnes is the exception to that rule. And just given the games they've got, you know, we mentioned obviously the talking points, they're the only team that have three doubles still to come this year. Um, so what's that in what six, seven, six, seven game weeks? They've got three doubles. You know, that's definitely worth owning at least one Leicester player. And they're not great going forwards you wouldn't invest extra money in a forward they're pretty poor at the backs you wouldn't invest money in in, in a defender so Harvey Barnes feels like the safe pick even though obviously midfield's pretty crowded so yeah difficult to to really sort of justify any any lesser inclusion but to take advantage of the fixtures I feel like Barnes is is definitely the way to go at the minute unless of course you know Vardy comes back to fitness and then and starts scoring goals again but for now it's it's really hard to Hard to see. Um, let's move on to, to Burnley. Burnley, a club that we've spent, frankly, far too long talking about uh, in this in this FPL lounge season. Um, but they do play Norwich, Norwich this week. They are off the back of scoring three goals in midweek against Everton. Created two expected uh, expected goals in that game as well. So it wasn't all uh, you know pot shots or or, or, or headers from you know, the edge of the box from from a player like Veghorst. So. You know, green shoots of recovery possibly for Burnley, but ultimately, you know, even though they're doubling 33 and you can take advantage of them playing Norwich now, there's not really much more to say, Andy, that we haven't already said in terms of the actual player to target. Veghorst still seems like a, a massive punt as far as I'm concerned, whoever he's playing, um, because Burnley just don't create enough. And, and therefore, Connor Roberts at 4.4, you could definitely see them keeping a clean sheet this weekend, but it's still difficult to sort of guarantee it in any way, shape or form. Um, so yeah, not really a lot here to kind of get excited about, is there? Probably not. I mean, I could see again, a Connor Roberts, like you say, a defender because you you don't expect Norwich to create a great deal. So there could be an opportunity for a, for a Burnley clean sheet. And then like you say, they double as well in, in, in 33. So that's helpful, I guess, if you're going to get some extra appearance points. Burnley, as you pointed out, did create against Everton a bad defence, um, and they are playing another really bad defence, by far the worst defence in the league. Norwich have consistently conceded absolutely tons of chances this season. They're head and shoulders above the next place, which just happens to be Burnley, in the expected goals conceded charts uh, over the last six matches. Like, they're well, well clear. Um, I think almost like they've almost conceded 50% more XG than Burnley have in, in second worst um so so yeah it, it really is poor on those underlying numbers from Norwich and um so 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 again that's maybe like yeah if you're gonna but it would be a bit of a punt I mean Corne we liked earlier in the season he chipped in with a goal again sort of right place right time a little bit against Everton um and but 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 can we I mean there's no underlying numbers for any of the for, for Veghorst or Corne or anyone really from Burnley so we can't I you just can't be consistent. You might pick one and they happen to return for you. And that's great. Loads of people have got stung by Veghorst this week. He was captained by a fair few. Um, and, and it's really obviously not worked out. So, um, I mean, yeah, it, what more can we say? Like you said, we said it all last week. You might punt on one and get lucky, but there's not a lot there to, to, to give you any kind of knowledge or certainty about who to go for. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, talking of Everton and teams that can create chances against them, they play Man United uh, at lunchtime on Saturday. Andy and I will be watching it together, and I'll, I'll be able to, you know, look at his look at his reaction as uh, as his team sticks chance after chance past his past his dad's team. Um, I guess 
Andy, you know, it will be no surprise to anyone that listens to this podcast to know that you're not particularly confident in Man United. You're not particularly confident in them at the back or, or, go, or going forward, really. But, you know, what Burnley managed to do against this Everton team must give you some hope. And Cristiano Ronaldo is back this weekend. I feel like Everton and then a double for United, for United if you're going to get on any United players, that you, you kind of got to do it this week, right? Um, yes, if you are going to, then I suppose this is the time to do it. But why would you be going to? I mean, we played, we've played Burnley and Norwich already this season, and we created absolutely naffle against either of them in the reverse fixture. We, the confidence is as low as it possibly can be. It's just so, so poor. Like, and if anything, we almost always end up sent like 10 seeming to play kind of almost worse somehow against against these poor teams I can't remember exactly how it went against Everton but I think we did we didn't exactly cover ourselves in glory again either last time we played we played Everton um so yeah, there's just nothing for me to 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 be jumping up and down about here I mean the best thing I can say about Man United right at the moment is obviously there's a lot of rumors going around this week that Ten Hag is is the guy and they're and they're, they're kind of just ironing it all out and and it, that may or may not work, but as it stands, that 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 I look I look forward to that. That's my first choice, so that's the best thing I can be excited about. For United. Yeah, I, I I guess I guess you know if you as you say if you are thinking of bringing United players in, then then then, then fair enough. But they're so expensive compared to the you know so many other better better options. You know, I guess if if, if you know if United had a six million, if United had a player like Kulusevski, then you'd be well, you'd be happy for them to take advantage of, of, of this fixture run, you know, Everton and then, and then a double, but they don't, you know, the, the best option probably got is Sancho and he's what, eight to nine mil. It's very inflated. You know, Ronaldo, would you really want Ronaldo over Kane? Well, you know, a double, so maybe, but not really. And beyond that, it's, you know, I'm, I'm sure Bruno is pretty popular, but again, it's Bruno or Salah or De Bruyne at the minute. And, I think Bruno would be bottom of that pile. So, yeah, it's 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 hard to justify given the expense. But if you are if you are desperate for a Man United player in, in, in your team to take advantage of Everton, then there's three that you're going to have to part with a fair bit of money for uh, to go and get. And, and we're not exactly uh, reinventing the wheel when, when we speak about those players. Um, Southampton, Andy, uh, moving on to them. You know, they continue to have some decent underlying numbers, particularly Che Adams. I think last uh, time out we said he had the fourth best uh, non-penalty expected uh, goal involvement among forwards. It's now the third, so he's crept up further, only behind Kane and Ronaldo, who obviously, you know, as we've mentioned, are, are, are premium picks and, and very expensive. Adams is going to be about you know, half the price of those. Um, but Southampton as a whole have good attacking underlying numbers, and they're playing a Chelsea team who conceded four at home against Brentford last time out. They are, yeah. It's a weird one with Southampton because, as we say, their underlying numbers recently haven't been bad, but, I mean, their results have been. They lost their last two home games to Newcastle and Watford, respectively, in the league, um, and they drew with Leeds. So, it's not... I'm sure Southampton fans aren't feeling particularly confident. (laughs) They'd probably tell you to stay well away from Southampton assets in fantasy, but, like we say, the underlying numbers are what they are. Um, They... fifth most xg of anyone in the last six matches so although those they haven't got the results in those games they have been creating they have been creating chances southampton um and yeah che, che adams is 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 only behind kane and ronaldo when it when it comes to forwards so yeah chelsea a bit of in a bit of disarray there's been a bit of chat about them looking like far too open and mistakes starting to creep in and obviously all the stuff that's going on off the field lots of players that particularly in defensive positions coming to ends of contracts and not getting them resolved so maybe there's some stuff creeping in there but um yeah it we're, we're trying to offer up these pros and cons i mean am i gonna be bringing che adams in my team this week i'm gonna find that probably difficult against chelsea for you know in my heart of hearts but like we said the underlying stats are there yeah i, I would debate it i think but that's more to do with, with my forward line i think than you know, my own brother um who's obviously going to be ineligible this week and yeah, if, if I could afford it, I think Adams, you know, Brozier to Adams would, would be one that I consider. But equally, I've got Lacazette, and he doesn't excite me either. And Adams does more, so yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe sort of a horses for, for courses one. But yeah, his underlying numbers are are increasingly good and, and definitely worth worth considering. Southampton, as as Andy says, as a whole 
have decent XG too. And then the final team that, 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 that doubles in 33 is Newcastle. Obviously, they laid a massive egg last week, conceding five against Tottenham, considering how, how I guess, hot we were on their defence. But we're still going to talk up their defence a little bit, Andy, and it's mostly to do with how bad the attacks are of the teams that they're playing uh, in their next four fixtures. Wolves, Leicester, Palace and Norwich. Obviously, Leicester and Palace are, are, are that double in 33, uh, sandwiched between Wolves in 32 and then Norwich in 34. Uh, three of those are home as well. So, you know, St. James's crowd could definitely work, work to Newcastle's advantage there here. Yeah, exactly. Um, we said it last week. Uh, some of the defenders, I think, shares the cheapest at 4.3. Burns only 4.4. So that that would be the route to look. Yes, it was an abomination against Tottenham last week. But I think we were saying before that they were fourth best in the league over the previous six games for expected goals conceded, which is amazing, really, for a team like Newcastle. So, yeah, the fact that that obviously that was away at, at Tottenham, who were in sort of good goal scoring form. Yeah, maybe the fact that these next three are, are at home against teams who really haven't been creating very much. I mean, you couldn't ask for kind of three, almost three better home fixtures than like Norwich, Leicester and Wolves. So although, albeit the Norwich one is away. Um, so, yeah. Uh, will it again? I, I find it hard to like I'm saying these things and then I think about my own team and go, is that where I'm going to go? Because it, it feels like a bore almost boring's the wrong word but like high risk high reward transfer to to be the newcastle player like would i would i see myself swapping i suppose let's say i've got a livermento in my team for a share i guess maybe i could see some value uh, like it's not the sexiest move ever but I, when i think about it like southampton's fixtures uh chelsea arsenal burnley over the between this and next game week whereas for newcastle it's uh, Wolves, Leicester, Crystal Palace, all at home. So, yeah, maybe there's a, there is a bit of an edge there. Yeah, I think I think I'd say to you, yes, it is worth doing. It's whether it's you know if you're only going to use one transfer, it's whether it's the most worth doing transfer that you, that, that that you've got. And I think you I think mean, you're right. It all it feels like there are several kind of incremental changes that you could do that might give you you know two, three, four point advantages here and there, unless something crazy happens and you know share scores again. Um, but yeah, beyond that, it doesn't feel like there are, there's any particular kind of like long term um, benefit to making these moves, especially if you know in your position, you, you're probably wildcarding in about two game weeks time. So yeah, I can see why it's uh, why it's a bit of a conundrum in, in one's head. Um, let's move on, Andy, just to have a quick chat about any anyone, anyone extra, I guess we're adding to the radar this week. And uh, we asked ourselves the question before the pod. Is Harry Kane too much of a basic pick to add to, uh, you know, add to the radar? Um, I guess not, Andy, especially considering last week he only ended up with, with an assist, but Tottenham scores five. Yeah, I mean, it, we haven't mentioned him for a while and we haven't mentioned Tottenham because of the fact they don't double in 33. But I think it's worth sometimes stating what seems the obvious because otherwise it sounds like we're we're not like suggesting that particular player. And, and like it's almost the opposite of what I was just saying about all all the Divering, I guess, and caveating that I personally, and I guess you as well, I've done over these these ra- radar picks so far. Um, uh, when I'm thinking about my team, I'm, I'm I feel obviously way more confident in the idea of getting someone like a Harry Kane in, and the you know the fixtures are there for, despite despite not having a double. The fixtures are there for Tottenham. They've got Villa, Brighton, Brentford, Leicester in the next four game weeks um obviously they're scoring plenty of goals at the moment no forward in the game has a, spe- a better non-penalty expected goal involvement than than harry kane yeah he sets you back a lot but there aren't many forwards to rely on this year and he is very very reliable at, at the moment those underlying numbers look great um okay it was it was just the one assist um in this game week but he is getting returns and has has had goals recently so any given game week uh if 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 Spurs continue to create chances then then you know sooner or later Harry Kane is going to be the one on the end of them absolutely and then let's have a quick chat about about Crystal Palace and obviously they got a you know, headline grabbing 3-0 victory against Arsenal last weekend um for me a bit of an odd team they can pull out some really really good results and then next week they'll 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 have a bit of a stinker but you know, Patrick Vieira has has done a pretty good job in his first season, especially considering many people thought Palace might be relegation candidates given the clear out that they had that had to take place over the summer. Um, 
Jean-Philippe Mateta seems to be the guy that's uh, getting a bit of a bit of FPL buzz. I don't think he's crept into into loads of teams. I think his ownership's about one and a half percent. But I'm seeing him creep up on, on quite a few benches. Scored a few goals in his last three or four matches. Um, 5.2 million a forward. I mean, I guess all of those things mean that he could be worth a bit of a punt. But I'm sure all, equally, it's you know not the sexiest move in the world, is it? Well, like you said, I guess for someone like you in your situation with like Broja, it, it wouldn't be like a terrible idea to think about moving to like Mateta. He has obviously got a few goals recently. For me personally, what I don't love with Palace is they seem to rotate that central striker a lot. Zaha still plays there intermittently. Um, so, and Mateta never seems to get like a full 90. But having said that, out of all Palace forwards, he is the highest up there in non-penalty expected goal involvement, getting on for three, just under three. Uh, non-penalty expected goal involvements um, in in the last six matches, which 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 isn't bad. So uh, especially given his minutes, I mean there there are a couple ahead of him. Um, obviously Adams and, and and Ronaldo and Kane we've mentioned, but uh, Mateta sort of is seventh amongst forwards. It's not it's not ripping up any trees, I suppose, is it? But um, given given the fact that that, that Leicester, you know, obviously concede plenty and um, what was it? What was it? Palace's fixtures. It's Newcastle, Leeds after that as well. So obviously, like opportunities in in the next three, four, four, four goals for them, and and morale will be high after after that Arsenal game. Absolutely. And then I guess a word on their defence as well, Andy. You know they've kept three clean sheets in their last three. They've got Tyreek Mitchell, Mark Wehi, uh, and Joshua Anderson. You know all four and a half million. I get you know don't double in thirty three. But if you are looking for a cheap defender with you know, again good fixtures on the horizon, especially less than this game week, who as we mentioned earlier, not creating very many good chances or good quality chances at the moment. Um, past, you know, there are definitely worse places you could look than, than that Palace's defence. I think there are, yeah. But um, I guess what's difficult is that for them uh, or making a decision on them is that like we've mentioned even just. Here in in this radar, potentially Arsenal defenders, Newcastle defenders, maybe even like if you can face it, a Connor Roberts and a, a Burnley defender uh, with Norwich this game week, and then a double uh, as opposed to just the two fixtures. If you went for a Palace player, so um, I, yeah, I don't mind in isolation. I don't mind the idea of a cheap Palace defender as a, you know, like you say, three clean sheets in the last three. They do look sort of tight under under Patrick Vieira, but when you, when you compare to like the other options, that's where it starts to become a bit more difficult. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, let's uh, let's leave it there, Andy. Let's take a quick break, and then when we return, we will be swimming against the tide. Here at the FPL Lounge, we are keen to hear from you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FPL underscore Lounge and let us know what you think. During the season, we will have new episodes out twice a week: a preview show on a Friday and a review show on a Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods so that you get the show before the all-important game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back then. So when this one presented uh, itself to us, uh, it was probably the most obvious swimming against the tide the FPL Lounge will ever have. Uh, James Madison is the most transferred in player this game week. And if we haven't already talked about Leicester's horrendous underlying attacking numbers uh, enough, uh, I'm sure, Andy, you can talk spe- uh, specifically about James Madison's compared to his his, his, uh, his output. I guess this ultimately is just going to be down to um, players transferring in someone who gets returns, but from very low quality chances that ultimately isn't all that, that sustainable over a longer course of time. That's exactly it. I mean, we've seen it with Madison so many times before. Um, we don't want to labour the point too much. We've said plenty about Leicester. And like you said, they're bad underlying numbers, sort of worst in the last four game weeks, I think you said. Um, so uh, that's not fantastic. Um, and although Madison ha- hasn't had like, you know, he, he came back from an injury and, and hasn't started. I mean, even if you even if you shorten the sample size from the six, so I mentioned with Harvey Barnes on the radar, the last six games, he was second amongst non-big six midfielders. Well, if if you kind of, you know, it, argue that it wouldn't be fair to compare Madison's sort of last six six games because he, he hasn't played as much recently. Well, um, you know, 
even then that that doesn't really help him both both many 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 midfielders across the whole game are ahead of him but even on his own team both Harvey Barnes and Adamola Lookman would have more expected goal uh, non-penalty expected goal involvement than James Madison so um yeah it's there there aren't a great deal of arguments I don't think for I mean like you say it's people overreacting um it's what 1.1 non-penalty expected goal involvement in his last four matches so it's just massively kind of overperforming and and part of that is yeah like he, he he can be a good finisher like he's got particularly from sort of longer range and it looked like against United there was a couple of opportunities where he was getting into the box and the six-yard box more so that I suppose in of itself is like a positive sign more sort of touches in the box and playing more as like a a, a, a deep threat but um, as in higher up up the pitch, but like you say, I just I just think it's 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 not sustainable ultimately, is it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think um I think I'd argue against this one a little bit more. I think if Leicester were creating a lot, um because you know you could equally see them being shared round a little bit more, but ultimately they're creating nothing as a team, and 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 he's overperforming when he does get you know a glimmer in front of goal. So you know both of those things coupled together, I think just doesn't make. For a particularly uh, for a particularly great um, you know great great transfer prospect and and therefore yeah I think it uh, I think it makes more sense um, to you know ultimately be be targeting someone like like a Harvey Barnes who who, who we have on our radar. Uh, let's move on, Andy, to captaincy. Um, this was a bit of a head scratcher this this week. There aren't I, I think I, yeah, as we mentioned uh, during the radar, you know, obviously when City are playing Liverpool, that sort of almost rules two teams out a little bit. Although you know some of them are still probably pretty decent captaincy options, but we have chosen to look elsewhere. It does seem that seem that Kane and Son are you know pretty popular captaincy options uh, options this week. Um, but an away game against Aston Villa might not be all that straightforward. It may, it may well not be, but um, obviously Villa's uh, results haven't been fantastic recently. And ultimately, uh, of premium options of people that you'd expect to get goals or clean sheets, Kane and Son have probably got the best fixture. Villa away isn't isn't the most straightforward, like you say. But when you compare it to City away for someone like a Salah or, I mean, I don't even know who else to be thinking about. Like Chelsea obviously aren't in great form uh, and they're, they're away at Southampton. Um City have 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 Liverpool. So again, if there's any like a Cancelo who you might usually think about, or um, uh, I don't know, like a, a City forward or whoever, then yeah, that that would that proves um, difficult to kind of to kind of look at as well. So yeah, um, whilst whilst maybe Villarreal is not the best option, I think I think you know of all those players that that you could consider for captaincy, that 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 is the best one out there. Where else might be might we be looking, Andy? And also, uh, you know, we mentioned last week. Um, you know, is it worth looking at Kulusevski, Doherty this week? I guess maybe not quite as worth looking at. I think yeah, you know, when we were looking at, you know, we I think we felt on 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 a review show we maybe overlooked Doherty a little bit in 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 the captaincy segment, having mentioned Kane and Son. But I guess you expected Newcastle to put more, uh, sorry, Tottenham to put more goals past Newcastle than maybe you would against. Um, would against Aston Villa, particularly you know when when Tottenham are, are away. Um, but looking elsewhere, I mean, is there is, is there anywhere else to, to, to look? I mean, United United have 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 Everton. Everton just conceded three goals against Burnley. If you own a Ronaldo, if you own a Bruno, they've got to be pretty decent captaincy options this week, no? No, I guess so. Um, and yeah, like you say, Everton aren't playing great. And I'll just go back to my old adage that I've said plenty of times this season. I suppose if you own Ronaldo, if you're confident enough or happy enough to invest 12 mil in Ronaldo or Bruno, then you probably have to be thinking about captaining them against Everton. I mean, if you're not, I've said it lots of times, but if you're not, then probably you've got to be thinking why own them? Because yeah, um, if they're ever going to perform, then 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 you, you know this this is as good a chance as any, I guess. What about Chelsea or even, I mean, I guess Havertz has some decent underlying numbers. We didn't put him on the radar. But, um, I guess that's partly down to down to some of their fixtures that they've got coming up. But his underlying numbers are, are pretty good. But equally, before we were, before we started recording, uh, you know, you were toying maybe with captaining an Arsenal defender just because we, of all of the sort of things that we're talking about here, you feel almost more most bullish about Arsenal keeping a clean sheet rather than, say, Harry Kane getting an attacking return. Yeah, well, I haven't looked at the 
probabilities like the, the bookies odds or anything but if i just look at it like what if i any if i was to try and work out like any one team what like who's got the best chance of keeping a clean sheet arsenal are definitely going to be up there this week and then when i compare that to any one player to get an attacking return so like what's the bet what's more likely uh, an arsenal clean sheet or a harry kane goal it's it's a touch and go it's a it's a it's a close one really and i mean obviously like we always say there's obviously a you know kane could score two goals and then you're blowing any kind of clean sheet out the park but when i'm not like really loving any particularly of the tacking options then i'm a i'm a cautious kind of fpl player and i'll, I'll look for that kind of more guaranteed re- single return i suppose which which to me i think there's a strong argument that the most likely single return could be an Arsenal clean sheet. So, yeah, if I owned an Arsenal defender, I I I, I think it's reasonable to be to be thinking about them for for captaincy. Yeah, yeah, I think it makes sense. And there's absolutely you know if 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 Gabriel scored this weekend, he's going to be king of the game week, isn't it? You could or if, I guess if they keep a clean sheet too. But um, but yeah, given Brighton's sort of pretty bad underlying numbers uh, going forward at the minute, you could definitely see an Arsenal clean sheet being as likely uh, as a Kane or Son attacking return. Okay, let's leave it there, Andy, and let's finish, as we always do, with Who the Heck is Stat. Uh, for those that don't know, Who the Heck is Stat is a little game Andy and I like to play where we take it in turns each game week to pick a player from the FPL universe, and the other person has to guess who it is. They have to be owned by at least 5% of FPL managers, and the other person gets five clues. If they guess it after the first clue, they get five points. After the second clue, they get four points, and so on and so forth. Every time they hear a clue, they get two minutes to make a guess, and they have to stick or twist with their previous guess, so we don't reveal the answer to the end. So you can play along wherever you are listening to the FPL Lounge podcast. I can't remember what I got last time. It wasn't particularly high, I'm sure. Uh, but Andy has a massive eight-point lead. Christ, that seems pretty insurmountable. Uh, but he is... Uh, he is he's picking for me, so I've got a chance to close it close it slightly. But uh, yeah, it feels uh, it feels like it feels like you've wrapped this up again two 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 seasons in a row. Now you've got you just got to believe they're still they're still the boss. Yeah, it's I, still don't, fine. I don't. It's not I, don't, I, don't possible. I don't believe. I don't believe. Um, what I would say before we start this is that I should have said on the rate on the captaincy selections that ultimately Mo Salah's Mo Salah. So I'll just throw that out there. I mean. Uh, do, do I feel like mega confident he's scoring at the Etihad? Not necessarily, no, but he has scored against City uh, before and he is an absolutely great player. So, uh, yeah, well, and again, in a game week where it's hard to pick a captain captain option, I can see an argument where you just go, Mo Salah's the best fantasy player ever, so I'm sticking it on him. Uh, but anyway, yeah, back to who the heck is stat. Um, you can't score any points if you don't play the game, so let's, let's crack on. <laughs> Fact. Uh, clue number one. It is this player's fourth season in FPL, but they are on for their lowest ever finish. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Um, okay. Uh, so I'm going to take that. Obviously, they've still got to be high, relatively highly owned. So fourth season in FPL. Let's go down the teams. Newcastle feels unlikely, although it could be like a Wilson or some Maximan. Probably not play four. Uh, Wolves now would Wolves have done four years maybe Jimenez could be Everton Everton stuck out to me because Richarlison stuck out to me but then I feel like he will have done more than four years because he was with Watford wasn't he so let's ignore that United who could that be that would be a signing wouldn't it uh no one really coming to mind. Arsenal Brighton could be an Arsenal player, I suppose. Lowest total though, probably unlikely for an Arsenal player. Chelsea, they haven't been all that at it this year. Fourth season wouldn't be a Lukaku. Uh, probably not. Watford Leeds unlikely to be any of them given it's four years. Villa Spurs could be a Spurs player four seasons like a wouldn't be a reggie on 30 seconds mm. who did I say earlier Jimenez I said didn't I Let's see if I can squeeze a few more uh, dropped out of this um, uh, uh, Jota no one wouldn't be his lowest I don't think 
Yeah, let's go with Jimenez. Let's, yeah, need, yeah. Need, need a clue. So Yes, we, we need an answer as well. So can't yeah, let's go, go with Jimenez. Well, Jimenez. Okay, clue number two. This player is the second highest point scorer at their club at the moment. Second highest at their club. Mm, would that be Wolves? I imagine Wolves are probably like Saar and then probably a defender. So I'm going to say it probably isn't Jimenez. Um, okay, let's maybe go through these teams again then. Uh, Newcastle's second highest point scorer. Hard to know. Everton's, I suppose Everton's could be Richarlison. Probably not got many uh, many points, any of their players, have they really? Damari Gray, a good start. Just 5% of managers own Richarlison. Maybe. Maybe. Um, what other teams? Uh, United or uh, to be their second highest points scorer, Bruno or Ronaldo, I would assume. Neither of them have done four years. Arsenal, yeah, that's hard to know, isn't it? When you actually think about it, you don't actually know that much about the stats in FPL, do you? you? Probably should do some do some more studying for this game. Um, someone like Villa, maybe. Have their highest points total. Watkins, Martinez. None of them have done four years. Spurs would be Kane or Son. Neither of them probably done four years. Uh, Chelsea. Oh, sorry, you're thirty seconds. Yeah, fine, no worries. I th- I'm really tempted by this Richarlison pick, but I just don't think he'd be owned by five percent of managers. You own him, then you're mental. But I think everything else might check out. So yeah, I'll go. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. What's that, Richardson? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Clue number three: No player from his position has scored more goals than this player. Oh, that can't be him then. Can't be him. Richard, what's he in the game? Is he a forward? think he is isn't he so no player in his position so he's the highest scoring in terms of goals person in his position in the right so that leads me towards defender who's the highest scoring forward in the game in terms of goals Kane midfield is going to be Salah right so Forward's got to be Kane. So it must be a defender. Who's the highest scoring defender in terms of goals in, in the game? Uh, Reese James? No? I mean, I'm asking you as if you're going to give me an answer and you're not. Has, has there been any goalkeepers scoring this season? What was that clue again? I feel like I'm missing something here. No player from his position has scored more goals than this player. No player from his position has scored more. So it could be joint, I suppose. I don't think there's been a keeper score. 30 seconds. What were the other clues? Fourth season. Fourth season. Not on for his highest ever finish. Yeah. Um, second highest point score at their club. Uh, no player scored more goals in their position. You got ten seconds. Um, yeah, I'll go Reese James. I think he's got like I can't think of any defender that's got more goals than him. So yeah, sure. Okay, Reese James. Clue number four. This player is the most expensive player at their club. The, well, that's not Reece James. The, is the, it? the look on Chris Hopkins' face right now. Well, that's not Reese James because, like, he's yeah, he's the defender, but oh, I need these clues again. I should write these down. 
Right. So fourth season, not on for the highest ever finish. Correct. But he's on for his lowest ever finish. On for his lowest ever finish in four in four seasons. That doesn't sound like Reese James either, to be frank. Well, he'd be Reese, not Frank. But yeah, uh, it's also <laughs> this player's second highest. He this player is a second highest point scorer at his club. At his club. Um, no player in his position scored more goals than him, and he's the most expensive player at his club. So am I right in thinking here that it could only be three players? It's the top scoring midfielder or forward or defender, right? That's what that glass clue means. That middle clue means. Yeah, no no player from his yeah. position has scored more goals than this player. So Salah's the midfielder. He must have played more than four seasons. And he's probably on for his highest ever finish. I'm assuming the top scoring forward in the game is, you have 30 is, ha- seconds. is Harry Kane, who wouldn't be on for his lowest ever finish. And defender is Rhys James. So it must be Rhys James, but it can't be Rhys James because he's not the most expensive player in his club. Well, then something else you're thinking there must not must not be... Uh... If you put this goal not be right. in about a goalkeeper, I'm going to uh, you've got no game. time left. So right, what I'm are you doing? With Reece James, I'm going to have to. Okay, your final clue. This player broke 200 points in all their previous FPL seasons, albeit a while back. Oh, I was about to let out a very loud swear then. <laughs> Is it Ronaldo? It's going to be Ronaldo, isn't it? Albeit a while back. Right. Four. Did he only do four FPL seasons? Is that because the game didn't exist? Surely he did more than three years at United. I guess he might have got a lot of goals this year, same amount of Kane, as Kane. Most expensive player at his club, yeah. Probably is more expensive than Bruno. Um, would be his lowest finish. Yeah, okay. What were those other clues? I think uh, that was it, wasn't second it? Second highest point scorer. At his club, behind Bruno. Yeah, okay. Oh, this can't be. This can't be real. This can't be right. It's well, it, yeah, it's him, isn't it? It's him, Ronaldo. There you go. Final answer. Stick it up your bum. <laughs> um, okay, uh, I won't be doing that. But uh, who the heck is that for this week? Was arguably the greatest player of all time, Cristiano Harry Ronaldo. Kane, yeah, you're right, yeah, <laughs> Harry Kane, well done. <laughs> it was Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah. I mean, obviously, like you say, the um, fourth season FPL thing, yeah, he ha- he has played, played for Man United for more than, for more than four seasons. Um, I can only imagine that, yeah, the, the, the game must have must have not existed. His, his first FPL season is 2006-2007. Uh, he was definitely at United before that, so, but I can only ma- imagine that, was that the invention of FPL? I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was. Um, so then no else he's the got really three consecutive, three consecutive seasons from there, and then this is his, this is his fourth. Yeah, but obviously that was clue number one. So, so yeah, that 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 we you know wasn't necessarily straight straightforward. But yeah, second highest point scorer, highest uh, yeah number. No, well, the wording was no player from his position has scored more goals than this player. So Harry Kane has the same number. Kane and Ronaldo both have 12 goals. But yeah, I mean, even even still, even though he's joint, I thought that was interesting. Ronaldo, the highest goal-scoring forward, you know, a joint with with, with Kane. So uh, it's gone under the radar, I think, probably a little bit, just because, you know, he has scored goals in Europe that have been big for United. But actually, you know, 12 Premier League goals, it's, it, it's not too bad, given his kind of stop-start games. Um, and yeah, obviously the most expensive player, player at his club. So... There it is, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, I'm very, very angry by that. That's really annoyed me. But it is what it is. All <laughs> I mean, the clues are accurate. 
I mean, at one point, I was just like going round and round in my head to the point that that clue about not scored more than any other player in his position. I was just like, well, well if all of the goalkeepers have scored none, then I guess it could be any goalkeeper in the game. And I was just <laughs> so like, so would, you he, kept, would you he be saying, that mean? You just would... you, you just because you kept saying like, well. It's got to be Salah for midfielder. Yeah, fair enough. To be fair for defenders, I don't know who it is, but you kept saying Reese James. Like, well, fine. Uh, and just look at it now, it is Reese James. So good one there. You got that right. Um, Thanks. That's little. Can I have an extra point? <laughs> no. Um, but but it was the forward one that was letting you down. You're just like, yeah, I guess, assuming it's um, it's Kane. And I suppose yeah, he yeah. is joint. But um, but even, even if I'd have known Ronaldo had got that amount of goals, I would have said that he'd played more than four seasons. Which, mm. yeah. I, anyway, I don't. Yeah, I think I would have ended up dismissing that one and probably could still going for Reese James, which just makes it all the more crazy. Um. Anyway, anyway, oh, that has frustrated me. I'm not gonna be able to sleep now. Hope you're happy. Hope you're proud of yourself. I'm not. I'm not. Not even in the slightest. No. I mean, if I'd done it deliberately to wind you up, I would be proud of myself for that. But um, you know. I think there's part of us that does all of these to wind each other up to be fair i think that's the beauty of this but i hate it right now anyway andy let's 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 leave it there um if any of our managers uh, if any of our listeners do have any questions about how to navigate game week 32 or maybe any questions about the doubles on the horizon uh where can they get or how can they get in touch well i mean we have not been as prolific on twitter recently so definitely are bad but oh, you know haven't. um we we've both had plenty of stuff going on in our personal lives so um there's our excuse you can find us on twitter or instagram at fpl underscore lounge and yeah we would love to we're not we're not hearing off people as much last few weeks probably our own fault but we'd we'd love to hear off you and we also appreciate we there's not going to be a great deal of time by the time this message is in your ears before before the deadline as well so but you know just general bants we're both up for it slag slag united off to me on saturday uh, at about one o'clock i'm sure you know i'll be two pints in by that point and very unhappy so you know who knows yeah. what tweets will come out yeah well i'll take a live video take a or reel or whatever they're called now I, I don't know we'll do it we'll do, we'll do i'll do an instagram i won't because I don't know how to work it. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, do also remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, it's all very helpful to feedback to Andy and myself. Um, we will be back with a pretty straightforward uh, Game Week 32 review show. Seems to be back in that kind of, uh, uh, you know, preview, review, uh, sort of swing of things, I guess. Um, I'm sure before Game Week 33 buggers it all up again. Uh, but we'll be trying to be back uh, Sunday or Monday with that review show for you. Uh, but Andy, until then, until Saturday at Dulwich. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. <laughs>